The Expats is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. The network was created to help Alberta podcasts grow, improve in quality, and reach wider audiences. It does this thanks in part to support from ATB Financial and CKUA Radio. Find out more at albertapodcastnetwork.com. London is an ancient city, and as new discoveries are made in the field of archaeology, we've gained a better understanding of exactly how old the most populous city in England really is. Thanks to a finding in 2010 of the remnants of a wooden structure on the south bank of the Thames near where the Effra River joins it, there's evidence of humans occupying the area since 4500 BC. Of course, London has seen more than its share of history. It's seen Roman settlements starting in 43 AD. The Vikings made it their home in the late 800s. And by the 11th century, London was the largest town in England. It's been ground zero for too many historical events and famous people to count. The Black Plague, the Peasant Revolt, the Reformation, the life and work of William Shakespeare, the Great Fire of London, and yes, even Prince William and Kate Middleton. In the early 1900s, London was the world's largest city by population. Now it's the third largest in Europe by some estimates, and it's an easy city to get lost in. Join me as we visit a Montreal woman who decided to see what it would feel like to live outside of her comfort zone in the land of hope and glory on the expats. Welcome to the Expats. I'm your host, Adam Rosenhart, based out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. When Brigitte Dion reached out to me after I put out a call for potential interviewees on Facebook, we corresponded a bit over email. She wrote to me, I'm a Montreal girl on the autism spectrum currently living in London, and I still don't know why I did this. So my first question for her was whether her move to the UK was something she did on a complete whim. Well, it, it wasn't uh, completely random, but um, I guess the the random part about it was that I just started working harder towards it, <laughs> and then uh, and then all of a sudden I was like, you know, on my way to do that, and I was like, oh god, oh god, I, I need to stop, and then I didn't stop, and then and now I'm here. <laughs> what uh, what initially gave you the idea that you wanted to try living somewhere else? Um, I guess I was interested in like sort of um, experiencing what it felt like, I guess, to be an actual foreigner, you know, in a, in a place rather than, you know, when you're on the spectrum, like, you kind of feel like you're in a foreigner in your, ho- in your own, like, in your own house, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, being an actual foreigner somewhere, I was like, oh, well, I could do that since I, I always kind of feel like that, so. <laughs> and you, you... Were you, did you, were you born in Montreal or, or did you just move there? Did you live there your whole life kind of thing? Um, I, I was born there, um, but I didn't live there um, my whole life. I uh, lived in the U.S. and I also lived um, in Ontario, so a uh, bit of everywhere. 
before moving back to Montreal um, to finish my studies. And what did you uh, what did you study at school? Uh, I studied animation, <laughs> of all things. So okay, that's interesting. You have uh, you have the credentials to be an animator. When you decided to move to London, did you look for a job first, or did you just decide you, you know point put your finger on a map and say this is where I want to go? Um, well, I always had a, fan- a fascination um, with uh, British history, um, so that was one of the, the things that um, interested me in you know coming here was that I could like. You know, on weekends, I can just go to all these places that I heard about and like uh, in, in, you know, history books and everything. And it's just so fascinating to me. Um, and uh, I ended up being here and um, and then I figured that it was expensive to live here. So I was like, oh, I should I should probably get like a job. <laughs> <laughs> That's what normal people do. <laughs> was it uh, was it difficult to find work in your field in London? difficult doesn't even begin to cover it (laughs) so um you know i'm still looking for something in my field you know meanwhile i have to do you know temp work in in offices and things like that uh you know just to get by um but uh yeah i mean you know whenever i can i try to look for something you know in my field and hopefully someday (laughs) yeah it's probably really competitive in in that kind of industry in london i would imagine oh yeah Definitely. <laughs> yeah. So and especially when, um, sorry, but I uh, just wanted to add that, like, you know, especially if you're on a two-year visa, you know, people, that kind of tends to, you know, scare people away, I think. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. So so how many years are you into your two-year visa? I am eight months in. Okay. So you haven't been there for too long. Has it felt like a long no. time? It, it feels like I aged a lot. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, you know, in like the the movie Castaway, where like, you know, Tom Hanks comes back and he's got a beard and he has to sleep on the floor and everything. Yeah, that that's me. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you mentioned cost, um, and yeah. I think I think London might be up there as one of the most expensive cities in the world. So, are you living like in the core of London, or are you sort of further away from their downtown? Uh, I am in the East London area. And, um, you know, I, I found out, uh, pretty early on that, you know, getting anywhere, uh, in central London, um, is like really expensive. <laughs> so you kind of have to make some compromises. And, uh, so I ended up in East London in, uh, the Stepney Green area. Okay. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, at least it's not like, you know, super far away, like, like Brixton or something. <laughs> yeah, I, you can sort of jump on the tube and get to more central places, I imagine? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a walk, but um, it's better than, than nothing. Is it, do you, so tell me about the differences between London and Montreal, because to me, it, you know, Montreal is this sort of old world city in Canada, but th- it's got to be kind of night and day. Yeah, um, I mean, for starters, uh, they don't really value bilingualism here as much. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, as you find out when you like start sending your resumes and you're like, oh, I, I'm bilingual. And they're like, well, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, you know, here it's more important that you know all the different accents that you can find um, 
in London because uh, what I found also is that there isn't just one accent, which is the one that we are used to hearing about, you know, the British accent. It's like many different British accents that uh, you have to get used to, especially if you start working in like customer service or something. <laughs> is it is it hard to understand some of those different accents or are they pretty like are they are they really different from each other? Um, they're, they're really different. Like, you know, the, the, the Essex accent is not going to be the same as like a Welsh accent or like, uh, you know, somebody from South London isn't going to sound the same as somebody from North London. And, um, so when I, uh, I worked in like a customer service job for a while. And so, uh, one of my major challenges was really, um, having to put all my energy into figuring out what people are trying to say to me <laughs> and then me trying to not offend them by asking them nicely like to repeat you know it's, it's like and people would call the office and be like oh is, is this the, the UK office and because they recognize my accent they're like this isn't the UK accent what the hell is this <laughs> <laughs> interesting <laughs> so um so yeah there was a lot of uh difficulty with communication issues because you know um i came here and i was like oh i'll be fine you know i've seen uh, you know i've seen doctor who i can understand a british <laughs> accent <laughs> but, but then you, you come here and it's like no, no it's not the same thing <laughs> no kidding when when you if you ever have to ask someone to repeat themselves because they're difficult to understand do you mm -hmm. find that the english people are pretty uh patient with that or do they do they frustrate easily um i think it's it depends on on the way that you that you tell them uh so if you say like uh oh uh, i'm really sorry like i just came here uh could you please repeat that um you know they'll be much more lenient if you just say like i didn't understand could you like repeat that again but if you say like if you specify that you're not you know from there and that you uh you're still getting used to it, you know, and you, you really want to try to, to, you know, get used to the accents here, you know, they'll be a lot more lenient than if you just straight up say, like, can you repeat that? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. How, how do you think in your experience so far that Londoners regard Canadians? Have, have you had a lot of conversations with people about your particular origins? Definitely, like, it, when I was working the customer service job, um, I was dealing with a lot of American tourists. And so uh, when they come in asking for asking questions, and then they hear your, their accent, and, like, their eyes light up because they're like, oh, my God, <laughs> I understand you. <laughs> Finally, somebody who can get me. Um, and so, you know, most of the time, people think that I'm American. Uh <laughs> Really, which, which isn't the case. Oh yeah, all the time, and um, and which is not surprising because I I learned to speak English in the U.S. Um, when I was young, so uh, so I have I suppose I don't really have that Canadian a boot or like you know, the, <laughs> yeah. the classic you know stereotypical uh, <laughs> accent that people think that we have. <laughs> yeah, did you do you take great offense when people assume that you were from the United States or that you had an American accent? Um, no, because you know, uh, a lot of the time, um, I've had people you know ask me if I'm American, and then they just jump right into talking about American politics, and I'm just like, yes, like bring it in, <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I just eat that stuff. <laughs> 
We're going to take just a quick break so I can tell you a bit more about our sponsor for this episode, ATB Financial. Listen, if you're starting or building a business, you need to take advantage of the entrepreneur centers ATB has in both Edmonton and Calgary. You don't even have to be a client. A couple of weeks ago, I was riding in an Uber with a gentleman who was telling me that he's trying to start his own business, get away from the Uber scene a little bit, and he's taken advantage of some of the sessions that are offered at entrepreneur centers at ATB, particularly the one at Edmonton. He said it had been a really eye-opening experience for him to learn about the best ways to run a business from experts, uh, entrepreneurs who are already doing exactly this kind of thing. If you're thinking of starting or you're continuing to work on your own business, take advantage of ATB's Entrepreneur Centers. Visit atbentrepreneurcenter.com for more information to check out some of the events they have going on at their locations in both Edmonton and Calgary, and even to book an appointment with a banker. And now, on with the show. Does anyone ever talk to you about uh, about Canadian politics and perhaps our handsome Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau? <laughs> Every every single time you're like, oh, you're Canadian, so hey, that that Trudeau, hey, eh? that that Trudeau guy, what a hunk, <laughs> and, and it's like, yeah, he's he's great, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, it's it's pretty hilarious, and you know, people will like be sending me pictures of Trudeau, like, oh, uh, thank you yeah. for blessing us with this with this man um <laughs> and you're taking you're full welcome, you're taking full credit for that it sounds like <laughs> definitely <Yeah. laughs> what about um i'm always curious about people who move to new places and how challenging it might be to meet new people or make friends has that been easy for you and has it been something you've set out to do very deliberately it's different and uh, in that, um, you know, not only am I not from here, but I also have the 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 challenge of of autism, um, which doesn't make you know making friends any easier. <laughs> but um, you know, I'm I'm not the kind of person who's just like, you know, super antisocial. It's just that I I sometimes find that I if I'm working a full time job, you know, I don't have the 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 social energy to you know to go out for drinks afterwards because I'm already you know completely pooped from yeah. having to meet people all the time <laughs> so it's really just um, having to uh, check on my like how much uh, social energy I can take you know <laughs> and uh, definitely from time to time like it gets lonely and then that's when I'll I'll decide okay maybe I need to to go out and like meet some people. Um, but there's a lot of different like Facebook groups of like travelers and people who are traveling solo who are like looking for things to do. And then um, that's when things are, you know, a little easier because then you don't have to like actually go up to somebody in a pub and be all like weird and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. How about tell me a little bit about English culture. What are some of the things that uh, that you loved before you arrived and maybe you discovered when you got there or that you loved even more? I mean, you mentioned Doctor Who earlier, so I'd be curious <laughs> to know a little bit more about that. Yeah, um, I was expecting a little more Doctor Who, but when I got here, it was uh, all Love Island. Love Island everywhere. Love Island every day. What is Love Island? And <laughs> it's it's like a, a reality TV show where they decided to put a bunch of 
good looking models um, in one like villa slash quote unquote island um, where they would have to like be friends and like uh, more than friends. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's just so much drama around it. And when I came here, um, it was just starting up and it wasn't the kind of show that like goes on every week. It goes on every single day. So Whoa. I go back to work and then everybody's talking about it again. And it's like, what the hell is, is this show? <laughs> and, and it's just a bunch of like trashy models who just like <laughs> uh, have sex with each other on, on reality TV. And then we have to like decide which one we like better at the end. <laughs> My gosh. So this sounds like a broadcast television event. I didn't know that was a thing that people did anymore outside of sports. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Everybody that I was around with uh, was watching that show, and you know my, you know everybody from like you know normal looking dudes would just like watch that show and be completely enthusiastic about it, and um, you know, <laughs> and everybody just like talked about it. It was just insane. That's a very odd. Um, I'm. I mean, I know that people here watch a lot of reality TV as well, but like yeah. e- every day, that's that's a yeah. time commitment, you know. Yeah, that's exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, there's British, the British get this this maybe nasty stereotype about not being great chefs or their food being bland. How have you found the cuisine in London? Is it dramatically different from what we have here in Canada? Um, yeah, it's, it's different. Um, but it has that same kind of rustic, rich quality to it that I think is familiar with Canadian cuisine. Um, but they also have this obsession with pickled jars, okay. um, which I mean, I'm not, okay. <laughs> um, if you go to any grocery store, there's just this big section of like the most random stuff in pickled jars, like pickled eggs. And recently I discovered pickled hot dogs. What? Ew. Um, yeah, just anything pickled. And do you do you and like this stuff? No, <laughs> I haven't tried it, and I don't even want to touch it. It just just the smell of that section it makes me gag. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Wow. Um, there's um also, you know, uh, there's like refried beans on on pizza. Whoa. Which is also a thing here. Um, and like frozen pizza with like refried beans as a topping. They really do love beans there, don't they? Like beans on toast and stuff like that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, like, in terms of, like, the rich food, it's just, like, really, really heavy um, meals where, like, you know, the portions are enormous and it's just, like, like you know, fish and chips. It's just, like, you know, a tiny, like, the fish is huge and then, like, the chips are, like, aren't, like, the, the fries that we have, like, at McDonald's. They're just, like, half potatoes. Oh, really? They're, like, yeah, they're like enormous, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's it's an experience. <laughs> yeah, it definitely sounds like one. Is there <laughs> is there anything that you find being there now that you really miss about home, other than like you know maybe family and friends? Are there creature comforts from Canada that you can't really get in London? It's very hard to find teriyaki sauce here. <laughs> oh no way! <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, other than that, uh, I mean, I suppose like 
certain things here are much more expensive than they are back home. Um, so, uh, huh. Can you, can you give me an example? Like maybe is, you know, I, I try and think of like staples, cheese, milk, bread. Are those things more expensive there oh. or is it different items? Um, well, they don't have cheese curds here, which is disappointing. So um. no poutine <laughs> for you. No, but uh, there is a uh, stall that is um, settled in uh, on Brick Lane Market every Sunday, and it's called the the Poutinery, and they do like a really good poutine. Wow, that's a that's a hell of an <laughs> endorsement coming from a Montrealer. Yeah, it's good, um, <laughs> and the owners are really great. So they're super chatty and and uh, you know sharing the stories. Um, and their their sauce is like really good, um, so I definitely recommend it if you have a poutine craving. Um, they'll be on Brick Lane every Sunday. Are they are they Canadian or have they been to Canada a lot to to have experienced you know legitimate poutine? Um yeah the the guy um, he was talking to us and he said he uh, lived here for um, a couple of years um, but he was originally from uh, Toronto. Oh okay cool. Yeah. <laughs> so so that was a that was a nice uh, nice little uh, thing to have. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean the nuts here are like really expensive. Yeah. You can't get cashews unless you're rich. <laughs> really? Oh wow. What about meat? Is meat expensive there? <laughs> meat is expensive. Um, I generally stick to like uh, cheap chicken, you know, fillets or you know. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I just like don't eat meat at all and just um, stick to veggies because that's vegetables here are really cheap and um, I find that the the eggs here are a lot better than they are in Canada. I don't know why. Hmm. They just taste better. They're a lot more bright and they're thicker and they're just like a lot better. <laughs> so you know you've been there for eight months on a two month visa or two year visa. How <laughs> how would you rate your experience so far? Like, I don't know, on a scale of 1 to 10 or whatever scale you'd like to use. 1 being really bad and then 10 being really good or uh, 1 being I had a lot of experiences and 10 being I had a lot of experiences because I had a lot of, like, good and bad. Oh, well. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, um, you know, it was an overall terrible <laughs> experience <laughs> i would say i would say just generally good or bad i mean you obviously you haven't left you're still there so it can't be terrible but yeah yeah um challenging yeah. uh but but in terms of like the things that i've learned and you know the uh things that i things that i experienced like you know even though they weren't all good uh i had a lot of bad luck <laughs> um I, it's still like pretty good so i would i would stick it between the eight and ten um yeah that sounds that sounds pretty great actually yeah <laughs> and it's good i mean it's definitely one of those things that you know you do um once in a lifetime i mean it's it's so easy to travel from london and you know so there's so many opportunities um that like if you are sick of the city you can always like just hop on a train and go wherever yeah, for sure. Have you have you done a lot of travel around uh, the British countryside and in other parts of Europe? Um, not as much as I'd like uh, because of the um, <laughs> bad luck that I've had, but um, definitely uh, have seen uh, a lot of great stuff. I went to um, a trip to Edinburgh um, and also Paris and uh, seen a bit of Wales. Um, 
went around the the British um, Midlands. Um, so uh, so yeah, like trying to see as much as I can. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean it's just crazy. Like it's such a diverse country. You can just go to the south and hit the beach, or go up north and you know step into a castle. <laughs> That's amazing. Do you would you? Is there any one piece of advice that you would give to other Canadians who are maybe thinking about doing, taking the leap uh, in a way that is similar to what you've done? I would say expect the worst <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> uh, I got here and then uh, the Brexit was happening. <laughs> oh, <know>? yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, po- the political um, uh, atmosphere was very charged uh, when I got here, and then uh, and I had a lot of bad luck when I when I got here. I lost my luggage. I, uh, you know, it was just insane. And so, you know, when you make a, a as big as a decision like this, um, you have to expect the worst all the time because because it's such a huge decision, and like you know, anything can happen. Um, and you know, it's the kind of thing that. You, with like the current political climate, you know, it's possible that like the the entire country is probably going to try to move against you, and uh, you kind of have to, um, you know, work your way around that. That concludes this episode of the Expats. If there are any expats you think I should be speaking with, have them email me at info at expatspodcast.ca or send me an email yourself, and let's keep building this global network of Canadians living abroad. I've been your host, Adam Rosenhart, and if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to The Expats wherever you download your podcasts, and make sure you leave us a review. That would help us out a lot. You can also follow and like us on both Twitter and Facebook. Just search for Expats Podcast. The Expats is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. You know, one of the other shows you should give a listen to is the Modern Manhood Podcast, hosted by Herman Vijegas. Herman's show takes a look at what it means to be a man today. He talks to feminist scholars and average everyday people about how masculinity affects their lives, both positively and negatively. Check out the Modern Manhood podcast and other great Alberta-made pod at albertapodcastnetwork.com. You can also hear the expats and other great Alberta Podcast Network shows on the fantastic G Radio. Visit gradio.ca to discover new and excellent content today. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch up again in a couple of weeks.